Let's open our Bibles and let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 14 this morning. We're going to go back and look at it, dig into it, and pray that the Lord teach us something out of this that will be an encouragement to us. While you're turning there, I'm going to preach ahead of you just a little bit to give you set the context and set the tone for what the message is this morning. I'd like to read you out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. You don't have to turn there. I don't want to get you confused. I just want to set the stage for three verses here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 says, "...that you have put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt." according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the theme is holiness this morning. We're going to look at another passage in Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. No man shall see the Lord without true holiness. I want to give you something just to think about real quick that the Bible tells us that we've all been born of the headship of Adam. We're all born a descendant of Adam. Sin inherited the world and through one man sin entered the world and we are descendants of Adam. We live in a fallen world with a fallen nature and you are not holy. I want you to know that up front. You are born a child of wrath. You are unholy, ungodly, none seeketh after the Lord, none pleadeth for the truth. That's how we're born. That's the evil nature that we're born in. And there's nothing that we can do about that. Can we agree on that? Amen? Amen? You can't fix your holiness. You can't fix your righteousness. You can't fix your salvation. You can't fix your redemption. Bless God, you can't fix any problem in your life today. How many sitting here with a problem that you don't know how to fix? All of us. We're all sitting here this morning wondering... How are we going to fix that problem? What can I do to fix myself? Nothing. The Bible. Brother held the Bible up. Praise God. That's the only thing that's going to help you. Jesus is our Savior. The Bible was given for rebuke, reproof, for teaching, for doctrine. And this morning we're going to learn something about the Bible. We're going to learn something about what Christ says about holiness. We'll read you one more verse out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. It says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. That's the will of God. Okay? Everybody's looking for the will of God. Looking, looking what, what's the Lord want? The Lord wants worshipers. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, body, in sanctification and honor. You ought to know how to act. You ought to know how to control yourself. The Bible says you have no self-control outside 
of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Right. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen? I once could not control myself before, but now I have the ability to control myself somewhat. Amen? Amen. I was once bound in sin, but now I'm a slave into righteousness. Amen. That's the new mind. That's the new man that you've got to put on. That every one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification. Yes. Sanctification is a process of the believers that starts at repentance. Yes. You repent of your sins. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by faith through grace are you saved alone. Amen. Then the new man comes. Then you have power. Acts 1, you shall have the power to be my witnesses. When you repent, you turn from your wicked ways, and you devote your life to Christ fully, and believe fully. The Bible says through faith are you saved. Not of anything that you do. Okay? Now when we, I want you to remember that. It's nothing that you do. If, if you have to do something for the Lord, it turns from grace back to works righteousness. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you've got to work for your holiness, if you've got to work for your salvation, if you've got to work for your redemption, if you've got to work to be adopted, if you've got to work, you're in works righteousness. Right. And you don't have a Savior. No, that's right. Christ came and died for grace yeah. to give us grace. Grace and mercy and forgiveness, those things we do not deserve. Why? Because when we were born, we were born in likeness of Adam. It's easy to sin. That's why we were such good sinners. Amen? That's how some of you are still good sinners. Because you were born a sinner. It's easy. It comes natural to be evil. It comes natural to tell lies. These little kids, these babies, that, uh, and I, I love it. I heard a preacher tell me one time, they ain't babies, they ain't angels. Stop calling them angels, because they ain't. They're little devils. And if you, hey, hey, that, that's Bible. That is Bible, that they're not angels. They may look like one, <laughs> but man, ain't, ain't looks deceiving. They are. They are. Because they're born that way. They're born come out crying, yelling. And when they're old enough to learn, they start cussing. It's easy. comes natural. So how do we get from point A to point B? Christ. And Christ alone is how you get help. You can't fix yourself. So many people come up and tell me so often, says, man, I've been wanting to come to church, but I need to lay the beer down. Man, I've been wanting to come to church, but I've got to lay the dope down. I, I, I would like to come to church, but I need to do a few things in my life before I can come to church. Amen. What a lie. Yep. No, you don't. Amen. I know we heard that. Praise the Lord. You don't, you don't get, take, you don't get uh, cleaned up and then get in the shower. It defeats the purpose. Christ said, I'll cleanse you. I'll purify you. I'll change your life. I'll give you the new mind in Christ. I, 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 I. It's all about Him. There's no room for you. And I'm going to show you in just a second as we study Ephesians chapter 1. There's no room for you. If there was, if there was room for you, you'd mess it up. I'm telling you the truth. If there was room for you, you're like I, I told somebody the other day, you're like that little kid that's about seven years old who wants to help move the couch and you jump on the couch. Get off the couch. I'm trying to move it. I don't need you on there either. We get in the way of the Lord. 
We do because we want to be in our mind, in our eyes, righteous. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach you that you can be righteous. You are unholy, unrighteous, and in need of a Savior. Let me finish reading 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7. That you should be that you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Sanctification is a process, a separation from sin. Has nothing to do with holiness. Okay? Separation from sin is the sanctification process that we do every day. Every day I wake up and I have to tell myself no. Woke up this morning when the alarm clock went off. And I said, nope, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to talk to the Lord this morning. You're not going to get me cross-wired this morning before I even open my eyes. I ain't going to think about those things. I got a job to do today and I automatically started thinking about this sermon. Praying, Lord, Lord, what do you mean tell them? What is it you need, need us to know this morning? But the sanctification process is the process of saying yes to the Lord. Yes, that was sin. Yes, it was unholy. Yes, I'm, un, I'm only righteous because of you. Yes, it was wrong, but I need you, Lord. But I need you to fix it. I need you to fix it because I can't fix it. God has to grant us the gift to fix things. He fixes it. He grants us the gift. And then we get better. Nobody, you don't get better on your own. Amen. You just don't do it. It's not possible. Because we live in a fallen world with a fallen nature. It's not possible to do good. Only if the Lord does it. Verse 5, Now in the lust of the concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, the pagans, those are ungodly people. That's what a pagan is. A pagan is somebody that is an idolater of itself. I do what I want to do. I sleep with who I want to sleep with. I, do, I feel what I want to do. That's self-willed. That's a pagan. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also have forewarned you and testified, for God hath not called us unto uncleanliness. Okay? Not uncleanliness, but unto holiness. But unto holiness. So the theme is holiness. What is holiness? What is being holy? How do we accomplish being holy? How, what's this all about? Because I hear a lot of people today claim holiness. They claim that this is the way you got to live. You have to do this, this, and this to be holy. Wrong. That's a lie straight from hell. You do nothing. You have no part in your holiness. We're going to learn it. Ephesians chapter 1. Before we get started, I want you to notice, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, that all three members of the Trinity is present in Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 14. The Father... The Son and the Holy Spirit are all three present in what we're about to read about this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be unto you, amen, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath and I, if I was going to title this, I would title it, He hath, so we have. Amen? Christ has, 
So we have. Blessed be God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I'm going to read this slow. Because if you read this too fast, you blow right by all the goodies. Remember in verse verse 3, Blessed be God the Father. There's the Father present. Blessed be God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has. This is current. This is already happened. You've got to get the details of the Scripture. Who hath blessed us. If you're a child of God, you are blessed. With what? With all spiritual blessings. All of them. There ain't none left out here. You're blessed with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Notice it's in Christ are we blessed. Verse 4. According as He has, He hath chosen us in Him. Notice notice we're going to keep up a a trend here that He has, He has, He hath in Him. It's all about Him. According as He hath chosen us. In Him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy. Amen. And without blame, before Him in love. Read you something that that goes right along with that. Um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 reads, That He might present, that He might. Notice everything is that He. That He, that He, He hath, He has, He is, He's in you, you're in Him. That He might present it to Himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Tell you what, if it was up to, if it was up to the church members to present a church Holy before the Christ Jesus couldn't do it. You know why? Because we're a bunch of group of imperfect people. We all got problems. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God, so it's no way possible that you have anything to do with your holiness. Notice the Father was present in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We know what does the Bible say about the Father? That He is a thrice holy, three times holy God. Who are we? We're unholy. Outside of Jesus Christ, you're unholy. You're still dead in your sins. You're still headed to judgment because we are a fallen nature. We all fall short. That don't give you an excuse to fall though. I don't want you to get misinterpreted. You're still supposed to seek holiness. You're still supposed to strive to be better every day. I'm not giving you an excuse to sin. I'm telling you, I want us to identify this morning where you're holy at. Who's in control of your sanctification? Who's in control of your holiness? Who's in control of leading you in your life? Not you. Because if I was in control, I wouldn't be here. I'd have found an excuse this morning not to come to church. We all have that, right? You wake up and ah, I ain't going to go today. Well, I'm glad the Lord put me in the position I'm in. I have to come. Amen. Yeah. The Lord said, I put you there. You got to go, son. You got to go. 
You've got to study. But that goes for all of us. The Lord commands us all to study. Assemble yourselves in the house of God. That's a command to go to church. People say, oh, I ain't got to go to church. The Lord didn't command. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. You wake up on Wednesday and Sunday and you forsake, forsake the assembling of the saints in the house of God. You have refused the Lord that morning. You, you sinned. You sinned. You sinned. But glory be to God who holds us in His hand. Amen? If we could... Listen. If you had anything to do with your salvation, your holiness, your redemption, your glorification, wouldn't none of us make it to heaven? Nobody. Nobody. And there's some that, that, that say, well, I don't, I don't sin like, like you're thinking, Pastor. Do you talk about anybody? Do you gossip? Do you tell lies? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do something. The Bible's... What's the Bible say? uh, All unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. So can we be righteous? Yes, in Christ Jesus. And we're going to learn that. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27 reminds us that the Lord's coming back for a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. If the Lord's coming back for a chaste church, a bride, a pure bride, then it's entirely up to Him to do it. Amen. Are you holy? You're only holy in Christ because He granted you holiness. He is holy. He's the thrice holy three times. Highs, that's a superlative. That's, that's the third degree. That's as high as that you could get in explaining something in Scripture. It's a superlative. It's a third degree. He is holy, holy, holy as the Lord God Almighty. We are unholy, unholy, unholy by nature. I want to read you Colossians 1.22, 1.20. Says, in having made peace, here we go, made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile, he's got to do it by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated, separated, and enemies. Do you know that you're the enemy of God? If you're not a child of God, you're the enemy of the Most High. If you ain't serving Him as a child of God, you've got the worst case scenario. The God that created and controls all things is your enemy? I, don't, I, don't, I was there. I was there at one time. Wonder why my life was such a living hell. Because I was an enemy of the God. I was enemy of the Most High God. I was cutting against the grain. God draws us through suffering. He allows things to happen in our life so that we'll hit our face and cry out for help. That's it. That's it. And then you cry out for help because of your addictions or the choices you made or the life that you're living or all hell is just coming to your door door front. And if it ain't, and you ain't a child of God, you're headed to hell anyway. But there's been some place in your life where the Lord has tried to get your attention. And He does it through suffering. Suffering. 
Brother Earl. Can I? I? Brother Earl's been drawn by the Lord through suffering. Had a tough thing come to his life. He lost both his brothers. What, 48 hours apart or something? 52 hours apart, lost both of his brothers. See where he's sitting today. Through the divine counsel and, and, and orchestration of God, he stepped in Brother Earl's life right when he needed him. Right when he needed him. Some of you are enduring suffering today. God wants you a little bit closer. You're too far, son. Come on over here. He wants to draw you ever so close to Him. So for prayer. To live the way the Lord has commanded us to live. That's the God we serve. It's all about Him. Everything is about God. It's about the, His control. He's the boss. There's no room for you. No room for you and me. He says, in the body of the flesh through death to present you holy. He come and died in the body and of His flesh through death to present, here's the reason, to present you holy and unblameable. Amen. Amen. Can somebody shout with me on that? We're going to stand before the Lord unblameable and holy. Not by your works. Let's get this. Not by your works are you holy. To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable. Woo! In His sight. Now you got to get it. You got to get it. From His sight. We look at one another. We want to judge one another. I do it all the time. My, my evil nature wants me to climb on everybody I see. But you know what? We're holy in the sight of God. We are holy only because He made us holy. We can't make ourselves holy because there's none of it whatsoever, not a speck of holiness in us. We weren't born that way. We were born evil. If you continue in the faith, here we go, let's get this part too. If you continue, we've got to finish well. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. The Lord gives us the Scripture (coughs) that tells us in verse 4 that we should be holy. Well, what did we just read? We read that the Lord wants us to be holy. And if the Lord wants us to be holy, how is it going to happen? He has to do it. He's the only holy thing in this entire whatever. He's the only holy thing. Let's look at verse 5. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. A lot of times... I don't hear a lot of preaching about this, and it struck me. There's not a lot of preaching about adoption. Not a lot of preaching about the importance of adoption. 
And I've wrote several things. I don't even know if they're in order, but they're in the Bible. Faith, salvation, adoption, sanctification, holiness, redemption, glorification. Most of those, when you hear somebody say it, they'll say faith, salvation, sanctification, and holiness. They missed one. You don't hear a lot of talk about adoption. When Christ adopts you, you're His. When I adopted Tatum, she's mine. When she leaves home, don't matter. She's still my daughter. She'll be my daughter until the day that she dies. Because I loved her enough to adopt her. That's what the Lord, that's what the Lord does for us. He loves us enough to adopt us. Even when she acts a fool and runs to her room or whatever, she's still mine. She's still mine because I adopted her. In Christ Jesus, we are adopted into the family of God. Adoption is a serious thing. It says it right here. Verse 5, having predestined us unto the adoption. He, he chose it before the foundation of the world. Now I'm going to adopt Justin Nettle. I know ain't nobody else care a whole lot for him, but I'm going to adopt him. He's going to be my boy. I'm going to change him, and that's my boy right there. Makes me think of when Stephen was stoned to death. He looked into heavens, and the heavens was opened, and the Savior was standing. Amen. Standing ovation to his son when he got stoned to death. We are adopted. Whereby we cry, the Bible says, Abba, Father, in here. You don't just cry out to somebody who ain't your daddy. You just don't do it. You're not comfortable. You don't want to do it. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Lord has gave us that. He has adopted us, verse 5, and the children of Jesus Christ to Himself. It's all about Him. Track with me. Everything's pointing to Him. To His good pleasure of His will. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. He has made us accepted in the family of God. It's all about Him. Verse 7, here we see the Son present. In verse 7, in whom we have. This is present tense. We have. You ain't got to work for it. Whew. I got I got Yeah, there it is. I got I got my ring finger tattooed on because I kept losing my ring my my ring that goes on my ring finger that says I'm married. If I had once you get married, if I had to work every day to be married to her, not, not saying anything against her. I was thinking about me. If I had to work every day to get, re, forget, to get her to re-love me every day and to, to remarry me every day, well, life would be exhausting, wouldn't it? Amen. Wouldn't it? Ain't you glad you got your significant other if you have one that you ain't got to look no more? Amen? That, that there really ain't nothing, as long as you're serving the Lord, ain't nothing going to come between you two and your marriage. Amen? 
don't know why I keep looking at y'all. Y'all are just the picture of it. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Praise the Lord. But if we had to work for it, we'd lose it. There, we, we, it how exhausting would that be? So many people try to be better. Yes, we should pursue holiness. But it's a gift from God that grants you repentance from whatever sin you have. You cry out to God, He hears your cry, and He comes to save you. We said it this morning, uh, Peter said, Lord, save me or I die. He saw that he was in a place where he could drown. He saw that he was in a place in his life where he was in need of help. And his cry was, Lord, save me or I die. That's everybody's prayer. Save me, Lord, or I die. Save me, change me, Lord, or I'm going to sin. Lord, put your finger on my heart in the sin and get rid of it or else I'm going to do it. He has made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have, amen, redemption through His blood. Now here's the Son present, the blood that was shed on Calvary, the forgiveness of sin, even according to the riches of His grace, wherein He has, He has, wherein He has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself. Notice in one verse there, having made known unto us, that's the only thing we get. The Lord tells us. That's all. Made known to us the mystery of His will, His good pleasure, He has in Himself, there's four times about Him, in one short verse, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. In whom also we have, we have, present tense, we have obtained an inheritance. Amen. Your name's written down in the Lamb's book of life. You have an inheritance, which is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because my Father owns it all. Amen. And because He purposed, and because of His will, and because He died, and because He's holy, and because He's righteous. Amen. He has made us accepted to stand before God Himself. Amen. Amen. We have obtained an inheritance, being predestined before time according to the purpose of Him, He chose us, who works all things. Here we go. What do you need help doing? Here it is. Listen. To the purpose of Him who worketh all things. After the counsel of His own will. You ain't in that counsel. You're not in that counsel. You don't need to be in the counsel of His will. Because He's holy. He predestined. He chose. He did it. He sent His Son. He made a way. He tore the veil. He delivers. He saves. What do we do? We say, yes sir. That's it. He gave us the Word of God to lead us and to guide us. And we just say, yes, you're right, Lord. 
I'm wrong, I'm unholy, and you're holy. So I need to listen to you. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of His... That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Reference there is one six To the praise of His glory, of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted. So verse 12 says that we should be, okay, to the praise of His glory. If we should be, then how do we obtain it? Through Christ. Verse 6. He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in the family of God. Let's look at verse 13. In whom you also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom... Here it is, a lot of in whom's and him and he has and hardly anything about us, are they? Only that we what? Receive. Only that we receive. That's all you got to do. In whom also after that you believed, you were sealed. In the book of Revelation, there talks about a lot of sealing in the books and in the Bible. Notice there's only one Eligible to unseal anything in the Bible. Christ. He's the only one that gets to crack the seals in the book of Revelation. Why? Because He's God. Why? Because He's in control. You were sealed. Here's the Holy Spirit. All three of the Trinity is present in Ephesians chapter 1. The Father gave. The Son And the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Son died for our sins. The Father has blessed us. All three. That you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. I want to look at something because there's a lot of controversy about this. I want to read you something out of Acts Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, this is when the church was birthed, and all the men were gathered, waiting on the promise. What was the promise? The Holy Spirit. Didn't have anything to do with them tarrying. Didn't have anything to do with them praying. Didn't have anything to do with them seeking after God. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says none seeks after God. They weren't there seeking God. They were there because they followed Christ. He told them where to be. I need you to be in the upper room and wait on me there because I'm about to send the promise. The Holy Spirit of God. That is the promise that we all receive. For He Wait for the promise of the Father which which said He, you have heard of me. He made a promise that He was going to send And that when He gets to heaven, He's going to send the Holy Spirit back so that we will receive power. Look at another thing in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 33. says, Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father, the Father sent it, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, He hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. The Lord gave us a promise. 
The Holy Spirit. If you had the Holy Spirit today, you're a child of God. You only receive the Holy Spirit after repentance. That's it. You receive the Holy Spirit at repentance. You don't have to do works. You don't have to get better. You just have to agree with God that you're holy and I'm no good. No good, Lord. You're the only holy thing that I know. And agree with Him. Repent of your sins. And He'll give you the Holy Spirit. The promise that will enable you to do what I do. Well, maybe not preach, but... You'll be, you, the Bible says you'll receive power to be witnesses. That's all of us. That's all of us. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. Ephesians 4.30 Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Here's the point. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Do you got to work for it? No. No. Are you sealed? Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Several times He says you are sealed. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And here's what, what I really want you... I want to preach on. Verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise, unto the praise of His glory. I told Natasha this the other day, and I asked her if she remembered, and she said she don't remember. But I remember. Remember well. When we bought our first house in Evansville, we went to the realtor. We found a house that we liked. We looked at the house, started to talk about paperwork and stuff, and... The realtor said, now wait a minute now, Justin. You know that you need to put down some earnest money. You need to put down some earnest money on this house and this land. If you're really interested, if you really want this, that you know how... Forgive me. The realtor said, if you really want this house, you need to prove it. You need to put down some money on this house because there's a long list of people waiting behind you to buy this house. If you really want this house, you need to bring us $2,500. Put down $2,500 worth of earnest money. I said, all right, yeah, we like the house. We, we, we're really going to buy it. We, we really want to live there. We believe that's where we want to live. So we took them the earnest money. We went in we give it to them. We did the paperwork. But the thing about earnest money is if you don't follow through with the contract, they keep your earnest money. If you're a liar or something happens and you fall through, they keep your $2,500. That ain't, that ain't how God operates. That's how man operates. But I want to give you that, that little bit of clarity there about earnest money. If you really want to buy it, and Christ purchased us with His blood, didn't He? Yes. He did. He said, I gave them and sent them the promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit in which you are sealed. You reckon He's faithful about purchasing you? Amen. He is. He is faithful. He is going to purchase. He has bought. Has. Paid for. Notice that in Ephesians, it's all about He hath. 
That means He has. He's done it. Therefore, you have. Christ hath, so you have. There's no room for you. Nowhere. Nowhere in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 for the 14 verses is there any room for you. There ain't. Because if there was room for you, you'd mess it up. Telling you right now. Honest people, come on. You would mess it up. Some of us would mess it up before we got to end of Jewett. I've been there. I have. I preached on things and, and as soon as I leave, get down the road and didn't even catch it. And I was like, well, I just preached on that. What are you doing? Yep. You just preached on that. What are you doing? Because we're a fallen nature. Yep. Isaiah said, all like sheep we've gone astray. And we would. Yes. We absolutely would. But he said that Christ said, give us a guarantee. Yes. That's a guarantee. If the Lord does something, don't you believe it's a guarantee? Yes. Look at all the guarantee that we have in all the other verses. Yes. He has, so we have. That's a guarantee. He finishes everything He puts His hands to. Amen? Yes. I want to read you something out of 2 Corinthians 1.22. 122 of 2 Corinthians says, Who has also sealed us and given us the earnest, there's the earnest money, of the Spirit in our hearts. Amen? If you're a child of God, you've got everything that you need. The Bible says, if you're a child of God, He'll give you all that you need to live a life in godliness. It's right here. It's in black and white. It's in the pages of Scripture. I want to read one more verse and then we'll close. We'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5 says, Now he that has wrought us for the same self thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Amen? So what have we gathered? We've gathered that holiness is a gift from God. You have nothing to do with how holy you are. I have some friends, brothers in Christ that I'm working with that the Lord's allowed me to, to, to have a, an avenue into their life again. Now that I'm sharpened up on the Word a little more than I was a year and a half ago, the Lord has made a way for me to minister to those that think they're holy because of how they act. You're not holy because of how you act. What God sees what you do in the dark. That's right. Woo! Amen. Come on. Yep. Tell the truth. Yep. The Lord sees what happens in the dark. That's right. We're not holy by deeds. When you try to be holy by deeds, you're like the Pharisee that stood, stood out and said, Lord, I thank Thee that I ain't like him. I keep the law and I do this and this and this and this. Thank You, Lord, I ain't like this cat. The Bible says the only one that went home justified was the man that fell on his face and beat his chest and begged and said, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. There is a difference. Yes. You're not holy because of how you live. Right. 
The Bible says you're holy because of what Christ done on the cross. That's true holiness. So I don't want to get confused. We're holy in Christ. He has, present tense, He has made us holy in His sight. But here's the next step. There is a next step to holiness. Everything that you know ain't right, and I'm preaching down my own pipe. Amen. I'm, I'm, things that you know that ain't right, God wants you to get rid of. Amen. The Bible says He wants you to be a vessel, meat for the Master's use. Amen. Now you take whatever sin it is that you have, and we all have one, Take whatever sin it is that you know is sin in your life. I got hit right in the heart on that one. And you picture yourself in action of that sin or under the influence of that sin and you get out and try to tell somebody about Christ while committing that sin. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's sin. If you can't sit down with the Lord and do it, it's sin. Amen? Amen. The Lord wants you to get rid of those things. You're not going to get rid of it all at once because remember I said God grants repentance. When the fullness of time comes and the Lord says enough's enough, He'll wipe it out. And if you don't agree with God, He'll make you do it. He is a God that will make you you think your life's a living hell now? Keep telling the Lord no. Keep running from God. And you oh, I don't even I can't I can't even say that because that's probably not true. You keep running from the Lord and one day you'll I know that's true. One day you'll wake up and you'll be at judgment. And then it's too late. Amen. Or you wake up in the hospital paralyzed from the neck down. Well, God wouldn't do that. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. God will do whatever it takes to humble you. I know a couple, fellas, that I believe, I know the Lord tried to humble. Didn't humble them. They're that hard hearted. You know what? The longer you sit under the Word of God and the more that you hear the truth and you white-knuckle the pew right there or your hands are so sweaty you, you can't... You're constantly rubbing them. Your feet wanting to move. Your head telling you to run. Your heart telling you to give up. Not your heart. Not your heart. Your heart's desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. That the Lord, the Lord's voice is what's drawing you to repentance. The Lord's voice and conviction is what's telling you to just give up. He's talking to you. How many times have you felt that? Preacher's talking to me. I've had people tell me that. I was looking over you. I was actually preaching to the one in the back. (laughs) Praise God, but... Amen? So surrender. 
The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today when you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. You've seen evidence today of the power of the Holy Spirit. You've heard the truth and the Word of God. The majority of us, including myself, have been convicted today. I have been. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Because without the Lord saying, that's you knocking on my heart. I'm talking to you, son. Yes, sir, you're right. You are right. I ain't holy. I'm only holy because you see me as holy through the blood of Christ. It's the only reason I'm holy. But seek to separate yourself from sin. Because if you don't, what do you really have? James says in the Bible that works manifest from true salvation. You're saved by faith through grace alone. You put your faith in Christ, you believe that He is, believe that He's going to save you, and pray. Amen? By faith through grace are you saved. If in fact you're saved, James says you'll do good works. You'll, you'll stop drinking. I, I talked to a guy talked to a guy the other day that, that I grew up with, younger, younger than me. We poached a lot of deer and uh, spent a lot of times in the woods. He was younger than me. I ran into him at the Mexican restaurant down in Dayton the other day. And, uh, man, he was just full of joy. I mean, he was... I thought he'd been drinking, actually. I was like, I was like man, you started up today, ain't you? He said, man, let me tell you what happened. I said, tell me about it. He said, Quentin, up, up the road up here, Brother Quentin. He said, I ran into Quentin not long ago, a few months back. And, you know, I'd never heard the gospel. I said, really? I said, all your family went to church, man. What, what do you mean? You, you've never heard the gospel. Yeah, that tells you about my family. He said, I said, well, amen. He heard the gospel. God worked in his heart. He repented. Then he told me, he said, man, I've always been a drunk. I've always been a drinker. He said, but I tell you what, he said, man, after I give my life to the Lord and the Lord worked in my heart, he said, that next weekend, I was tempted to go get a 12-pack. And I did. He said, I got a 12-pack and got home with it and cracked one open, drunk the first one and got sick. Amen. Amen. I said, yes! I said, praise the Lord! That's how it works. The Lord will start to separate you from the things that He don't like. And that's how He makes you holy. Amen? That's how you start to walk like a Christian. That's how you start to talk like a Christian. Because the Lord is in the voice, in the Holy Spirit saying, Now Justin, don't you say that. It happens to me while I preach. I'm telling you, I, I, there's sometimes that the, the devil tells me these little sly sayings that is immoral and ungodly, and then you try to throw it in there and get me to say it. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I would have said it. Because if you not notice, sometimes I think, well, I ain't saying that. Like I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> I am. I am talking to somebody. I'm talking to my evil nature who hates me, who wants to make me look like a fool, who wants to trip me up and trap me and trick me into every little thing that he can. You got to call it. Gotta, yes, Lord. No, I'm not saying that. No, I won't say it. That's the reality. I got, I got to spend some good time with, with Kim and Alan at their house the other day. I spent three hours with them. 
talking about the Lord and the Bible and lifting the Lord up and reading Scripture. It's a great time. But we talked about <coughs> your evil nature, who your problem is. The problem ain't the devil. Yeah, he's in charge. Principalities and powers of the air, things of the world, he's in charge. But your enemy is you. When you get off work, what's the first thing he tells you to do? What's he tell you to do when you get up? What's he tell you to do at lunchtime? What's he tell you to do while you got a spare time on the toilet? Tracking with me? He's your problem. I'm my own problem. And when we see ourselves the way that the Lord sees us, you're going to grow. Stop blaming everybody else. Don't be like Adam and Eve. Adam said, well, Lord, I sinned because of the woman you gave me. It's your fault. I went to bed unmarried and woke up married with this. Now she's got me sinning. Appreciate it. That's, That's the truth. That's the truth. That was my life. Blamed everybody for everything else. Amen. Even blame my wife. When, when I was the one in adultery and cheating, I'd blame her. Yep. How awful. It's our own fault. It's who we listen to. Yep. So listen to the Lord and say no to self. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for the time that we've had together today. Lord, it's been a, a good long service and we appreciate You, Lord. You've allowed us to be patient and gathered together and be lifted up by You and Your Word. Lord, we thank You that You did all the work. We thank You that it's all about You. We thank You, Lord, that we would be the glory that would be given unto You because You present us holy. Lord, we thank You today. We thank You for speaking to our hearts and all those that are gathered. Lord, we love You and we thank You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Yeah.